Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 23. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you're a history and facts person, you're going to love today's study because it's filled with history. It's filled with politics. It's filled with, with, with plotting and plans and schemes. Were you with me last week? Just by show of hands. Were you with me last week? Good. That's a good number of you. Last week, you know then that Jesus had been falsely arrested and detained. And no charges were brought against him because he had not done anything wrong. And they arrested him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they took him to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. And it's there in the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, that they blindfolded him, they beat him, and they were punching him and saying, prophesy who hit you. The next morning, the chief priests and the scribes, they come, and they're irritated, frustrated, aggravated. And they said, Jesus, just tell us if you are the Christ. And Jesus said, if I tell you, you won't believe me, but I'll tell you this. Not only am I the Messiah and the Son of God, but one day you'll, be, you'll see me glorified with my Father in heaven, and I'll return to judge you. And they asked him again, are you the Son of God? And Jesus said, you rightly say that I am. And remember last week I told you, when Jesus said, you rightly say that I am, he is declaring his deity. He is telling them, I am God. And then in verse 41 of chapter 22, where we left off last week, Go ahead and look at verse 71, pardon me, of chapter 22. Verse 71, they said, what further evidence do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. And it was at that point that they all condemned him to death. Well, we pick up our study in chapter 23, verses 1 through 12, we'll look at today. And if you're taking notes, you write this down. I've titled this sermon, Holiness on Trial. Holiness on trial. Luke chapter 23, saints, if you're looking at verse 1, please say a hearty amen. amen. Then the whole multitude of them arose, and they led him to who, saints? Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, What did he say, saints? It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priest in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were more fierce, saying, he stirs up the people, teaching throughout all of Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. And in verse 6, when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he Belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod, that would be Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great, when Herod Antipas saw Jesus, 
he was exceedingly glad. Why? Because he desired for a long time to see him because he had heard many things about him and he hoped to see some miracles done by him. And then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priest and the scribe stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. And they sent him back to Pilate. And that very day, in verse 12, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other. For previously, they had been at enmity with each other. I find it interesting that people can be at enmity with each other and hate each other. But when it comes to the common cause of we hate one person, both of us hate one person, we become friends. You know what I'm talking about? Now we're friends because we've got one person that we don't like. Both of us don't like him. And so Herod and Pilate now become friends where they were enemies. Remember, I told you last week, and if you weren't here, you might want to stop by the bookstore and see if there's any CDs available left from last week. But I told you last week that the power to execute the death penalty was taken away from the Jews in A.D. 15. So they took Jesus to Pilate, who was the governor over Judea, because they did not have the power to execute Jesus himself themselves. So they take him to Pilate, hoping that Pilate will kill Jesus. So Jesus had been beaten, bloody, bound, and led to Pilate. Now here's where the politics come in. Listen, when they led him to Pilate, they accused him falsely of three things. Notice in verse two, of perverting the nation, of forbidding to pay taxes. This guy is telling us we don't need to pay taxes. Now that will get any politician's ears perked up. Amen. Trying to get that money. Perverting the nation, forbidding to pay taxes, and they accused him of claiming to be king. Now, the reason they falsely accused him before Pilate, because they knew that Pilate could care less. Listen, are you listening? They knew that Pilate could care less about their religion. They could care, Pilate could care less about whether Jesus claimed to be God or not. Pilate didn't care about those things. Pilate didn't care whether, whether, whether Jesus is God or not or the blasphemies that they claim Jesus is making. So they trump up some, some, some civil charges, if you will, trying to get Pilate to find a reason to execute Jesus. And so they have to lie on him. So Jesus is before Pilate in verse 3. Then Pilate finally asked him, go ahead and look at it, are you the king of the Jews in verse 3? And Jesus said, it is as you say. Now, I got to wonder what Pilate thought when he first laid eyes on Jesus. Keep in mind, Jesus' face was swollen, beaten, bloody, running, blood running down his face. He didn't look very majestic. He didn't look very kingly. When Pilate sees him, he stood before Pilate, and it's very possible that Pilate may have asked him sarcastically, are you the king of the Jews? Now, let me tell you a little bit about Pilate. Pilate is anti-Semitic. You know what anti-Semitic means? It means that he hates Jews. He hates Jewish people. He was cruel and he was a cold man. The Jews hated Pilate and Pilate hated the Jews. He came to power in A.D. 26. 
His headquarters was in Caesarea. Now, if you go with us to Jerusalem, to Israel, in, in January of uh, 012, you will, or 12, you'll, you'll, you'll see, we'll go to Caesarea by the sea. There are two Caesareas. There's a Caesarea by the sea, and there's a Caesarea Philippi. In Caesarea Philippi is where Jesus said, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That was in Caesarea Philippi, north of Jerusalem. But Caesarea by the sea is beautiful. Palace, uh, um, uh, Pilate's palace was located in Caesarea by the sea, but he came to Jerusalem during the feast because if there was going to be any uprising, it would happen around the feast of the Passover. And during the feast of the Passover, Pilate would have soldiers dressed like civilians walking amongst the crowd. And if anything got out of hand, they would handle it. These soldiers, keep in mind that Jerusalem is a small city. And if you've been to Israel with us, you know it's a very small city. And during the Passover, there would be 2.5 million people in this very small city. So Pilate would have soldiers dressed in civilian clothes mingling about throughout the crowds, and if something got out of hand or they heard somebody talking about Caesar or saying something negative about Caesar or th- saying something that maybe they want to start a coup or a revolt, those, those, those soldiers would take, a, they would have a little sword right here, a little sword they kept right here, and they would just walk amongst the crowd and stab and cut people and just kill them. The Jews hated Pilate, and Pilate hated the Jews. So they bring Jesus to Pilate. In verse 4, please look at it. Then Pilate said, what, saints? I find no fault. What did Pilate say? I find no fault in this man. Now, we need to put the gospel accounts together because between verse 3 and 4, something else happened. Turning your Bibles, keep your finger here in Luke chapter 23 and turn to John chapter 18. Turn to John chapter 18. Turn quickly. Turn quickly. Love to hear the sound of turning pages. Bible page, that is. John chapter 18. And, 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 and look, at, look at verse 33. Now, between verse 3 and 4, here's what was going on, which caused him to make the statement, I find no fault in this man. In verse 33, saints, if you're looking at verse 33, please say, I'm looking at it. Well, then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But Now, my kingdom is not from here. And saints, might I add, listen, our kingdom as believers is not of this world. We are just strangers. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there because you should be happy about it. We are just strangers passing through. This is not our home. We're on our way somewhere else. Well, listen, let me go one step further. Even if you're not a believer, you're on your way somewhere else. Hallelujah. Everybody's on their way somewhere else. 
Now, if you're a believer, you're on your way to heaven. Your kingdom is not of this world. If you're not a believer, you are on your way to eternal damnation. The Bible calls that hell. Yep, I said it, the H word. Hell. Oh, man, nobody talks about hell anymore. I mean, hell. Nobody talks about hell anymore, but that doesn't make it any less real. And it doesn't make it any one degree cooler. Say amen. Amen. Our kingdom's not here. This is not your home. Don't get too comfortable. We're on our way to heaven. Our kingdom is in another place. Well, then in verse 37, go ahead and look at it. Pilate said, therefore, to him, are you a king then? And Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, what did he say? I find no fault in him at all. That's when he said that. Now get this. On that very same day, look, look at me. On that very same day, Pilate's wife, according to the Bible, comes to him and she says to him, she says, sweetie, She says, I am freaked out. I had a bad dream about this righteous man talking about Jesus. Don't have anything to do with him. So Pilate wants to get Jesus off his hands, but he's got a political problem. Now listen, Pilate was cruel. Pilate was heartless. Pilate was a ruthless man, but he wasn't stupid. And he could see right through this charade, the Jews trying to get him to kill Jesus for religious reasons. And so he says, I find no fault in, his, in this man, which, by the way, is a legal declaration. At this point, the trial should have been over. But, verse 5, the people wouldn't let it go because they wanted Jesus dead. And so they said, listen, this man is stirring up trouble and making these accusations against Rome all the way from this place to Galilee. And Pilate finds out that Jesus is from Galilee. He sent him to Herod. Because Galilee was within Herod's jurisdiction. Now listen, Pilate was faced with a dilemma. He is convinced that Jesus is innocent, but there's a volatile political situation developing. Pilate has to make a choice between conscience, what he knows is right, and convenience, what will bring him the least amount of stress. Saints, listen close. Every single one of us is faced with the same choice between conscience and convenience. Everyone has to make a choice between the right way or the easy way. Everybody has to make a choice between whether they're going to listen to the voice of the crowd or the voice of the Lord. Unfortunately, there are many who violate their conscience and go the easy way. And it's interesting because if you choose to go the easy road, that's still the hard place because your conscience won't let you rest there. Hmm. I'm going to say that again because I like it. If you choose to go the easy road, it's still the hard place because your conscience won't let you rest there. Won't let you rest there. So Pilate is trying not to make a decision, but a non-decision, listen, 
Uh, not, listen, it, uh, listen, if you've not been listening up to now, listen now. If you've been asleep, wake up. Listen, a non-decision is a decision, and it's a wrong decision. You cannot remain neutral when it comes to this thing called Christianity. You cannot remain neutral when it comes to this thing called knowing Jesus, being a believer, being a Christian. You cannot sit on the fence. You are either, Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 30, you are either for me or you are against me. You cannot be in the middle. And some people think that they can be in the middle and be all right. Uh Uh-uh. You can't be in the middle and be all right. Some people think Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Y'all mess me up. Okay. You say, oh, yeah. Okay. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Some people think that. Some people think that. They think, well, you know, I've got no problem with Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus is a good guy. You know, the big kahuna, the man upstairs. I mean, I've got no problems with him. He's got no problems with me. Are you a Christian? No, not really, but I ain't got no problems with Jesus. You know, when you make a decision for Christ, no, not really. But you know what? I got no problems with Jesus. Listen, that's in the middle, and you cannot rest in the middle. There is no middle ground when it comes to Jesus Christ. You were either born again or you are not. And I, and, and I honestly am just a little bit sick of it. Amen. Of people that are just, you know, a little bit Christian, if they, they think. Look, if you know Jesus and he's your Lord and your Savior, then stand up for him. If you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands right there. If you know Jesus and you really love him, then say so. Say so. Somebody asks you, you a Christian? Say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You one of them born-againers? Yeah. I'm happy to be a born-againer. Where are my people at? I'm happy to be a born-againer. You need to be a born-againer. Why ain't you a born-againer? Say so. You ever run into somebody and you're talking to them and you go, hey, are you a Christian? And they go, well, um, and they take a long time to think. And then they go, well, uh, well yeah, my, 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 I go to church. Give me somebody like that. Let me tell you something. This is my opinion. Let me just have it, okay? All right? Don't, don't ask me after service. Don't come up to me talking about nothing, all right? I don't want to hear it. Hallelujah. Pray for me. Don't judge me. Here's my feeling. If you take too long to answer, it gives me cause for pause. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Anybody agree with me? It gives me cause for pause. You either love him and you're a believer and you're walking with him and you're proud to be a Christian and you hold your head up and your walk matches your talk or you are not. It is simple as that. And no decision to follow Jesus is to decide against him. Well, Pilate thinks he's off the hook when he hears that Jesus is a Galilean. So he sent Jesus to Herod, who happened to be in Jerusalem at that time. And Pilate's thinking, well, great, we can change venue. I can get this off my plate and I'll be done with it. 
Well, in verse 8, go ahead and look at it. When Herod Antipas saw Jesus, he was happy. Why? Because he wanted to see him for a long time. And also because he wanted Jesus to do some tricks and entertain him. So he questioned Jesus. Jesus didn't answer because Jesus could see right through him that he was sinful and shallow And Jesus could have been thinking, this man killed my cousin, John the Baptist, who was the greatest prophet who ever lived. So Jesus is sitting there. People are yelling and accusing him. And Jesus has nothing to say to them and nothing to say to Herod. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Herod. Are you listening? Let me tell you a little bit about Herod. This is Herod Antipas. First of all, Herod is a title, not a name. It's a title. Herod the Tetrarch. Herod Antipas, Herod the Great, Herod Philip, Herod Thomas. Herod is a title. So this Herod, Herod Antipas, is the son of Herod the Great. He was appointed ruler over Galilee when his father died. This is the Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded. It's 28 AD. Herod Antipas went to Rome to visit his brother Philip. Philip's wife, anybody know what her name is? Philip's wife. Who said that? Very good. Herodias. Last service, somebody said Heroditis. I said, good enough for government work. I, I take it. I take it. Her name is Herodias. And, 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 and Herod Antipas sees Herodias. Get this drama. Herod Antipas sees Herodias and is smitten with love, and he took her to be his wife. Now, if you dig into the bloodline, of which I did last night, dig into the bloodline, Herodias was also Herod Antipas' niece. I know, this is some Jerry Springer stuff right here, y'all. So Antipas, are you getting this? Antipas marries his sister-in-law, who is also his niece. So Herodias told Antipas, get rid of your wife and I'll come to Galilee with you. Antipas got rid of his wife, who was an Arabian princess, and that starts a war because her father was offended. So Herod Antipas is living in Galilee with his brother's wife, Herodias. Herodias, pop quiz, Herodias has a daughter and her name is? Salome, you know all the answers. Please leave. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's Lisa. That's my friend. Her name is Salome. Herodias has a daughter. Her name is Salome. It's Herod's birthday. The wine is flowing. The music is playing. And men are drunk. They are dancing. Probably doing the electric slide. Probably doing the Macarena. And doesn't it go something like that? Doing something, dancing, and, they, and, they, and, and probably dirty dancing, and I'll tell you why. Herodias calls her daughter in to dance, and she does a sexually seductive dance. And Antipas watches his stepdaughter dance and the lust and the liquor take control. And he says, I will give you whatever you want. Mark 6, up to the half of the kingdom. And so her mother said, Salome dances. Antipas is pleased. He says to Salome, hey, I'll give you a little. 
I'll give you whatever you want. Because he's half two sheets to the wind. I'll give you whatever you want. She goes to her mother, hey, mom, he's going to give me whatever I want. It's probably happened on Mother's Day. He's going to, hey, mom, hey, mom, I'm going to give you whatever you, he's going to give me whatever I want. And up to the half of the kingdom. And his, her mother said, tell him I want the head of John the Baptist. And John was beheaded. Now, this is a gruesome scene. Get this. The executioner brought John's head in. Salome brought, brought his head in on a platter. And Salome takes the platter with John's bleeding head on it and carries it across the room and places it in front of her mother. And tradition tells us that Herodias took a knife and stabbed John's tongue. Listen, don't cross this woman. Because she will go to extremes. I mean, this is a little bit extreme. Had had his head cut off. And the reason she wanted John's head and stabbed John's tongue is because John publicly pointed his finger at Herodias and Herod. And he said, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.